Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart. I'm Hannah Camacho, and I'm so glad you're joining us again this week. If you have a minute, I would be super grateful if you could take a moment and rate and or review this podcast on the iTunes App Store. It really helps us get noticed by not only Apple, but other listeners who may find this content really helpful, as I hope you have. Today, we've got a really fun guest. Um, She's an absolute legend in the animation world. Her name is Brenda Chapman, and she has played uh, pivotal roles behind the scenes Uh, in such films as The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. One of Brenda's coolest accomplishments is that she was the first woman to direct an animated feature for a major studio that was The Prince of Egypt. Another thing a lot of us know her by is uh, conceiving of, pitching, and of course, eventually co-directing Brave uh, at Pixar Animation Studios. And she became the first woman uh, to win an Oscar for directing an animated film, which is really exciting. So it was fun to talk to Brenda, not only about her life experience and how her childhood played into her career today, but her experience at Cal Arts and how she has partnered with a lot of her male colleagues and mentors uh, in a way that really is non-threatening and utilizes humor to diffuse any sort of tension. And um, she is just a gem and I'm so glad I got to spend an hour with her today. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Here is my chat with Brenda Chapman. Well, Brenda, thank you for taking some time to hang out with me on your busy Saturday. I know you're getting back from some travels and that's always exhausting. People think (laughs) traveling is so much fun, but I I usually find it just so tiring. Yeah. (laughs) And the food too, because you have to constantly eat out and man, that's hard on the body. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Well, thank you for taking the time to to stop by. And I have a lot of questions um, and most of them revolve around story. Okay. You're a bit of a story whisperer, but I think it's always interesting to when someone is good at story to dive into their own personal backstory a little bit. And I know you've been really vocal about where you come from. And I believe you're the youngest of five kids. I'm the oldest of five. So that that number of children certainly uh, resonates with me. Um, <laughs> but if you don't mind, if you could share a little bit about where you come from. And I know you remember the exact moment when you became a feminist as a child, (laughs) just sharing a little bit of your backstory, I think would be fabulous. Well, I grew up in a little town called Beeson, Illinois. It had about 150 people in it. That's small. Yeah. 250 if you counted all the farmers in the area (laughs) outside of it. Um, And uh, my dad ran the grain elevator. Ooh. Uh, so, uh, so I was a townie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Big time. But, um, yeah, I was really, really shy when I was little and my mom, um, I watched her working her entire life, you know, and I'd heard stories about yeah. uh, working in a sort of a sweatshop sewing factory when the, when my brothers who were much older than me were little boys and, you know, just seeing how hard she worked and seeing my dad would come home and, uh, and, uh, put his feet up and, (laughs) and and expect dinner to be on the table and everything. She worked a full-time job and raised all these kids. And and I remember going into work with him a couple of times thinking, really? (laughs) Dad, come on. All with the guys most of the day. (laughs) It was like, Really? And I and I worked with my mom when I was in high school. She was the head cook at a nursing home. Um, oh wow! And so I worked in the kitchen, and I knew that was hard work. You, no you didn't kidding. get a chance to sit around and shoot the ball. So um, I still remember. Yeah, I remember. I was in high school. I was late for band. There was a football game or something, and I was a marching band. And so I was. <laughs> what did you play, by the way? I'm sorry. What instrument did you play? Well, in the marching band, I played clarinet, but in the sit-down orchestra band, I played bass clarinet. Nice. Yeah, rah, you know, (laughs) I knew how to hold my breath really long. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, But I I was running late, and mom had, um, you know, I wasn't that great either. Mom was still cooking me dinner. I wasn't like, it wasn't like I was helping with the dinner. (laughs) 
I'm sitting there eating and dad comes in and his isn't ready and he's not very happy about that. And then oh mom she's standing up cooking and she finally gets his on the dinner table and, and uh, he's like, where's the salt? <laughs> My mom who's still at the stove trying to fix her own dinner. She opens the cabinet door and there's the salt and pepper shaker right next to her. Like, and she didn't say it, but that was the whole attitude was get it yourself. Oh, <laughs> and, go and mom. My, dad looks at me and I'm just, I'm just eating. And he, he says, two women in this house and I have to get up and get my own salt. Oh my and I was like, that was, oh. that was it. That was it for me. I was, I was oh, like, man. Oh, welcome to the 20th century pop. <laughs> it <was> just... <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's great. Now were you um, kind of uh, one of the only kids left at home, or did you have siblings interacting with you as you were growing up? Uh, I was eight years younger than the next youngest. Okay. Uh, so there was, boom, one, two, three boys. Um, they're 16, 19, and 21 years older than me. Wow. And okay. then eight years after the last one, my sister was born. And then eight years after her, I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> surprised. So you probably spent most of your teen years almost as an only child. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, and I love the story that you tell. And of course, people can look it up on a TED talk about your mother and how um, when she was young, uh, there was a teacher that recognized that she was just very artistically inclined. And um, did you, as she was um, still you know, working hard and trying to keep the family together, um, did you see her ever, you know, able to express her artistic um, abilities or inclinations? Did you guys talk about that much? I'm curious how you started thinking that down that road. Um, oh, yeah, she encouraged it because I, I love to draw as soon as I could hold a crayon or a pencil. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was always drawn on something. And so I think she recognized that and sat down with me and drew with me all the time. I mean, oh, I love it. My favorite thing, and I, I encourage it with families who have little kids who like to draw, is just, it's a simple, it's a scribble game where my mom would make a little scribble and I'd have to make something out of it. Oh, I love it. And she then I'd make a scribble and she'd make something out of it. She was always really good at it, you know? And wow. so, so she, yeah, we played that my entire life. Oh, that's you know? beautiful. And, I love it. Yeah, love it's it so really... Much. It really does uh, stretch your imagination. Which is fantastic. And I know you you and your mom, it sounds like, enjoyed, of course, watching animated films together. And I'm sure that sparked your imagination. Um, oh, yeah. Did you attend school before heading to CalArts? Or was CalArts your first sort of foray into uh, higher education? Um, no, I attended um, a local community college called Lincoln College. Okay. Which I am very grateful four now and I'm now on the board of trustees uh, as of this year oh, that's great so uh it it yeah I I had a really dedicated art teacher who was there hmm. it was at the time it was just a two-year um and I I got an associate's degree but I took every art class I could possibly take I love it and um he was he was really encouraging uh to me and then um, I worked for a couple of years before I went to CalArts hmm. to try to save some money. Um, actually, I was only wanting to work a year, but I didn't get accepted at CalArts the first time. Gotcha. So, it's a hard so place to get in. Had, <laughs> what? It's a hard place to get in. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, I worked another year. And then by then, a new art teacher had come in, and I took night classes. And, again, he was incredibly uh they, they were both just incredibly supportive, mm -hmm. you know, of my, of my dreams, you know, of what I want to do, even though they didn't, neither one of them knew much about animation. They, you know, they <laughs> go for it. Yeah. They, yeah, they dug deep and helped me figure it out. So I love it. So when you did get accepted into Cal arts, um, what did the, I'm curious what the gender makeup looked like. You had to have been one of just a few women that were attending yeah. at the time. What was there that were like? It was uh, strange. <laughs> I can imagine. In my class uh, that I grew up in, there were um, nine girls and six boys. So we always outnumbered the boys. Gotcha. But uh, in, in my in Mobison, Illinois. But um, 
at CalArts, it was, there were 35 students, 34, 35 students and only five girls. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so that was, it was, uh, suddenly I was popular. It was really kind of strange. <laughs> What's going <laughs> on here? <laughs> that's really, that's really interesting. And it probably, of course, was a little bit of a foreshadowing of, well, this is probably what the makeup of the studios is going to look like a little bit. So probably you got used to that world. Um, yeah. And I, I come from, of course, the world of tech where um, it's, it's, it's much that way where there are certainly more uh, males in the industry than females. And there are, you know, interesting dynamics that come into play when, right. when that's the case. So that's, that's interesting to hear. And um, of course, I've, I've listened to various interviews that you've been on and, um, you know, once you, you got out of school, uh, I know you, I believe you landed a job at Disney first thing, or am I incorrect there? Yeah, well, <clears throat> actually, um, while I was in school, I okay. my first job um, was with DIC, okay. which I still don't know what that means. <laughs> we all said it was do it cheap. <laughs> so, hey, Vitz. <it> <laughs> but um, but I, I'm very grateful to it because they basically put me through CalArts. Uh, That's great. Because I had to pay my own way through school. Wow. My father had passed away. Um, mm in uh 1982 okay. and uh i went to cal arts in 84 and uh he left a uh life insurance policy that my mom didn't know about that oh. paid for my first year of tuition um but after that i was on my own so <laughs> oh boy uh, that's tricky yeah did your mom really enjoy like uh talking to you about what you were learning did she kind of get to almost live through you while you were at art yeah, school? Yeah, she did. Um, you know, she was a little freaked out. She was a pretty religious person, so she was a little oh, freaked yes. out about an art school in California sure. and the shenanigans that go on there. <laughs> <laughs> but Scandalous. she was very proud of me, and she was excited, you know. That's great. For me and, and, yeah, we talked a lot about stuff. Um, I know I did a caricature of her. So proud of myself. It was caricature of her and her dog. And she was a, a, you know, big boned woman or whatever. But, you know, you learn to exaggerate and caricature. And so (laughs) I made, you know, I made this just big round woman with a dog. And she looked at it. She goes, do I really look that fat? And I felt so bad. Oh, no. It's like I was just doing what I was taught to do and how to. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> oh man, that's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> so you you were doing some really great work, and of course, I'm sure internships through school. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of getting into the the real world of of animation and storytelling. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what your first couple of years looked like, and I know you were doing some jobs that you weren't super passionate about. So you built relationships and found ways to kind of get into the spaces you were more passionate about, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about that. Um, well, what I did after I finished CalArts, uh, I was hired by Disney as a story trainee. And um, amazing. and uh, the the <laughs> it was based on I did a little film called A Birthday about a little old lady who was alone on her birthday. So it was very different than all the gag films that were being done. Um, It was very heartfelt, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, that got me noticed by the review board there, which is made up of artists. Hmm. But when I went in for my entrance interview there with the executive there, he told me straight out, we're hiring you because you're a woman because we're getting flack from (gasps) upstairs because we don't have any women in the story department. This is after Katzenberg and Eisner oh. and Frank Wells had come in. So I guess they were sort of oh my. aware of that a little bit more <laughs> than the old school guys there. And so I was devastated. That oh, just, my. It was, you know, and if I'd been a little wiser or whatever, which you never are at that age, I would have realized, no, it was my work that got me noticed by the artist. And it was the artist who yeah. requested me. But yet here's this guy telling me the only reason I'm, in, I'm being, you oh, know, and, and that, that I'm the right price. I'm cheap because I'm fresh out of school. And in oh, six goodness. months, if I don't work out, they can get rid of me, you know. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't tell anybody for years. I didn't No one. It was just because I, I was kind of ashamed, you oh, know, man. that. 
Well, that's but, a yucky what? thing to tell somebody, and it's, yeah, of course, a bad motive like, in the first place. Yeah, I just think, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But then, but then it all went away. You know, once I got in and started working with the other artists, they were, they were fantastic. They, they were so, so, um, open to anything I had to offer. And they were so giving of their knowledge and, you know, would show me the ropes and um, it was great. So the, I worked on this, um, little tiny um uh mickey mouse short which was awful that that (laughs) someone had had put together was about he was on skid row and pluto somehow had to have surgery and he didn't have any money for the surgery and so it was it was me having to find okay what happened to pluto that he had to have surgery (laughs) he got frozen in a fountain (laughs) it was was so naturally as one does yes (laughs) oh that's so great but after that you know they looked at it they felt um they felt that that worked and so i got my first film was little mermaid that's awesome which i was absolutely thrilled and working with john and ron John Musker and Ron Clements yes. was so great. Legends. That's uh, the only film I ever worked with them on. And mm. John always says, we'll always have Mermaid. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so great. And it sounds like, um, I, again, you've shared before uh, that, you know, of course, uh, Ariel, she's a bit of a go-getter and a fighter. And um, did you uh, get to really converse with them a lot and challenge them on uh, maybe their perception of what a princess is? Um, I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Oh, um, well, I, you know, I was, I was just so happy to be there. I wasn't in that frame of mind. Oh, of course, it was yes. Challenging, but um, what I found and what I enjoyed was how everyone there wanted to make her stronger than than that's than, great. You know, team effort. Have, have spunky, spunky was the word back then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be spunky. Um, and uh, so, so it was great to see her, you know, she went out, she was a go-getter. She went, she want, you know, she still wanted the prince, but, yeah. but instead of waiting around for him to show up and save her, you know, she went out, she saved him and she, you know. <laughs> That's so great. She went, she went for what she wanted. She didn't wait around. Um, I love it. Like, like the other princesses from earlier days. But, yes. um. But the one thing I remember from Little Mermaid was uh, one of my closest mentors, Roger Allers, who ended up um, directing yeah. dear, dear friend of mine. And uh, he he had a little little tiny daughter um, at home. And what he he and I were working on the kiss the girl scene together. He was my mentor, but he was doing the scene in the boat where Eric is trying to guess her name. Hmm. Well, originally it was, what shall I name you? (laughs) Oh, boy. Naming a pet. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, my. And so, so Roger, but Roger's the one because he, he's, he was always quite, uh, quite feminist. That's great. uh, Roger was and, and in a good, good way. Absolutely. and he was like, you know, I'm thinking maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe that's not the route maybe to go. Maybe he should try to guess her name. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, that's so great. And, of course, you, you continued uh, there um, through uh, Beauty and the Beast, which yep. I'm sure was super interesting. And you, did you take on a little bit more of a leadership role at that point when it came to story? Well, I was one of the story artists that um, – okay. They went to a lot, um, but I That's roomed great. again. Roger and I were very good friends, but we we had a high regard for each other's work, and and That's so fantastic. actually shared an office. Um, he was, you know, he was the head of story, but um, they just had another little baby, um, a little boy, and so, oh, wow. well, that no, they had Leah, they had. I've I've got it all mixed up. They had Leah before I knew Roger, the little the, the little girl. They just had the baby on gotcha. the Little Mermaid, I think. So anyway, um, 
he wanted to go home early, you know, sure. at a right, a decent hour, you know, six yeah. o'clock early, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I would, you know, he would sort of, uh, leave and, and, and then I would kind of do the, pull the evening shift in a way because nice. I didn't have kids, you know, I was married, but yeah. my husband worked in the same industry. So we were both working late and yeah. doing stuff. So I was around. So if anyone had any questions or wanted to show anything or whatever, I was there to sort of, uh, back him up a little bit. I mean, sure. and he did, he, I'm not saying that I did anything over, over oh, sure. <laughs> because he, he really Absolutely. did a wonderful job on no, that. I hear you. I hear you. That's but, awesome. But it was nice. I, he, he sort of gave me some rope to see if I could, could, you know, pull myself up. That's um, awesome. And, and I, so after Beauty and the Beast, I felt like I had an understanding of what a head of story did mm. and, um, let, uh, Tom Schumacher who ran the division at that time know that I would, you know, I'm, if they thought I was ready, I felt I was ready to be a head of story and interested. And I was aiming for a project that I was working on with Mike Gabriel, um, a version of Swan Lake. Oh, um, but just right around that time, the Swan Princess was announced. Gotcha. And so they um, they pushed that one. They just shut that one down, which I was really bummed about. And yeah. then I was like, oh, no, they're going to ask me to do because then <laughs> Roger had just been asked to join um, on the line at what was called King of the Jungle at the time. Oh, and that was the project nobody wanted to work on because it was just so bad. It had been in development hell for years and they could never get a good story out. It was just like, it's like, oh, no, oh, you know, wow. <laughs> and, Not that. And, no, please. I don't. Yeah. It's like, don't ask me. Don't ask me. Oh, they asked me. Roger wanted me to be his head of story. <laughs> like, you can't, once you ask for something, you know, you shouldn't say no. Otherwise, That's they'll true. never you again so and I thought well it's Roger I, I'll be with Roger <laughs> <laughs> at least there's that <laughs> and uh that turned out to be one of the best best working experiences of my life that's so amazing it was great that's so so cool yeah. yeah I know you've talked a lot about your history and your story so I don't want to belabor it too much more but you became really the first female to be a director on a major um you know studios animated movie which of course was the prince of egypt which uh we watched ad nauseum as as growing up which is amazing um what was that like for you as as a woman and was that made a big deal like were people constantly talking about it or was it just a, oh yeah i guess you are the first you know female oh, director. Yeah, that was <laughs> i was still fairly shy back then. I don't know what happened to me, but I'm not shy anymore. That's <laughs> but, great. You go girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, no, I, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg wanted to use it as an angle to, to, uh, to advertise the film, you know, and get, gotcha. get us out there. And I was mortified. I didn't, you know, I'm just Please a director. No, yeah. I don't know. And I, barely know what I'm doing because first time I directed, you know, <laughs> so, so, and I, you know, and I was terrible at interviews. I was, you know, I, I, I was. Well, interviews are terrifying. They are yeah. just terrifying. <laughs> so, you know, Terry press at the time who was, who was, uh, the head of, uh, Oh, I don't know if it's not marketing. It's, it's whatever it is that when they're advertising the film, <laughs> I guess it's marketing. Oh, I don't marketing, know. Marketing PR. Sure. PR. That's it. PR. Um, she, she watched an interview with me. She had somebody come in and do an interview. She goes, well, that was abysmal. <laughs> oh, dear. That made you feel great. Oh, I just felt so good. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Has that, has, has your personality uh, being, you know, maybe you're not shy anymore, but no. do you feel like that was ever a real hurdle for you as far as leadership goes? Was it hard for you or, or were you really comfortable? You know, as long as there aren't cameras involved, did you feel pretty comfortable in a leadership position? I was, I was comfortable because one-on-one I'm fine. Um, oh, sure. it was getting up, it was getting up and having to pitch my boards, oh, you know, yeah. that, that was like torture Yeah. for years. And then I finally figured it out. Um, I pretended to be Roger. <laughs> 
you know, because Roger has this red hair and a beard and he'd wear these Bermuda shorts with leopard print and this big, ugly green Frankenstein t-shirt and flip flops. And he'd get out there and he could pitch like no one I've ever known. He'd take on the characters and he was just fascinating. And, you you know, you totally loved watching him. So that's what I started doing. Okay. I'm wearing Bermuda shorts and flip flops and I have a red beard. And I, just, I love it. So, but that got me over that hump and that actually helped me get over my shyness. That's realizing amazing. that it's not me. They're not looking at me. They're looking at the work. Mm. And when I'm talking, like even for this, they don't care about me. They're caring about what I have to say about what I've done, Absolutely. you know, about, about the work about, cause that's what people care about is, is the, is the work. That's true. That's, I don't, that's I don't, brilliant. I don't take it on so personally anymore. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Time is, yeah. Has yeah. But, but, but when it came to talking about story with my, um, crew, uh, yeah, there was no shyness there. It was about just that's about right. the work and, and we sure. were, um, in it together, you know, so. Do you enjoy the writing process or is it really tedious for you? Do you kind of love thinking about the story, but writing it is hard? How is that experience for you personally? Um, well, it, I sort of eased into writing and now I love it. I love writing. That's awesome. It's really fun. Um, and it's one of those things where I can sit down in the morning when I'm really into that zone and I'll be working away. And then the next thing I know, it's dark. <laughs> what? I haven't up to use the bathroom. I haven't gotten up to eat. <laughs> wow. Sleep and <laughs> That's amazing. But it, you know, it doesn't happen every day. But sure. Once in a while. And I just love it when you get into that zone. But, um, but no, I started uh, writing when you're storyboarding, at least back in the day when I started, it was, it was, you both wrote and you both you both wrote and drew. Okay. So, gotcha. so you were writing, you had little dialogue strips <laughs> Nice. under your, your drawing. So you're writing, you were drawing the business, but writing the dialogue, you know? Ah, yes. Then, um, then they started, uh, and sometimes, you know, you'd have a scene like Ron and John would write stuff out and then sometimes they just, well, this is just what's happening in the scene. We haven't written it up yet. Mm. So then you, have the freedom. So it was a back and forth. It was a collaboration. And I that it was just felt so natural to do it that way. And I kind of missed that. Um, yeah, as time went on, and yeah. it became script driven. Um, and now I'm working on a project an independent project where I, I've written the script. Hmm. But I tell the story artists have at it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, really interesting. Have, you know, they've done some great stuff. Uh, you know, where they've you know, found something in a scene that I totally missed, you know, that was much. So, um, their story, that's where they're story artists. They're not just, Hmm. um, not just artists. I shouldn't say it that way. They're, they have that extra ability, um, on top of their art. That's really cool. I didn't, that never even occurred to me that, you know, maybe back in the day, you didn't start necessarily with a script first thing. It was it was more feeling the story out and creating. Yeah. That's really fascinating. They didn't at, at, during <laughs> Disney days. They didn't even write scripts. It was wow. just the that that boarded it out. That's um, incredible. Disney, there's there are few interviews where Disney actually talks about that. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so you these days, I know. Uh, you're certainly well respected in the story industry, and I'm sure that you occasionally get asked to be a story doctor <laughs> and fix scripts. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see writers making that you often have to kind of help them re-engineer? Well, um, it's different on every uh, project, and it's different with every writer. Um, sure. Some of them really get it. Some of them. Um, you know, of course, they don't necessarily think visually. They're they're, mm. they're thinking with just the words, and so you know, sometimes you have to sit back and figure that out. But I I think I think the biggest thing um, is is uh, talking down to the audience. Oh, uh, when when they're thinking animation, this is for kids, so it's just sure. kids, and that's not. For people, at least 
how I grew up, it was never, you don't talk down to the kids. You make a film that you want to see because that's what makes it a family film. That makes it, that's why adults like to go to Disney films, you know, because something there for them as well. So if you just talk down, you know, you get those little kitty B movies that, you know, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that are, you know, the parents Not are like, super successful. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boring the parents to death. <laughs> With my daughter, I was like, oh, Lord. Please help. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. There's nothing worse than being stuck in a theater, you know, when you're just bored out of your mind, but your kids are kind of enjoying themselves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I know that's an approach that you certainly took with Brave. And one thing I love about Brave is that it speaks to me as a mom and of course speaks to my daughter. And, you know, we both feel like we're getting something so beautiful out of this experience together. And you drew from your personal experience, obviously, when you when you wrote uh, the film. Uh, would you like to share a little bit about how drawing from your personal experience certainly made the story <laughs> resonate with you so much more and, uh, so, you know, something you're obviously very passionate about? Well, um, I started thinking about the idea. I know I'd gone to Pixar and had um, been a senior story artist on Cars very late in the game. My dear friend Joe Ramft um, had invited me to come up. He was head of story on that because uh, needed help with the female characters, he said. Mm-hmm. Again, I was hired because I was a female, but it was a little nicer. But, but... <laughs> a little nicer this time, I guess. Because <laughs> they didn't have any girls in the department. Oh, my. And um, I was a little late for that, I think. (laughs) Is it really that hard to find women in the industry, like for real? (laughs) No, No, it's, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'd left to DreamWorks and there were a ton of women there. Hmm. And um, there were many more women at DreamWorks, but I don't know, Pixar just (laughs) hadn't found um, other than Jill Colton, who was there a couple of years ahead of me, you know, gotcha. but she'd already, I mean, she'd left a couple of years before I got gotcha. there. Okay. <laughs> um, but so they made it clear to me that they wanted me to, you know, bring an idea to the table. And so I, so as I was ramping down on cars, I started thinking about it. And one of the things that I had been dealing with since I moved there was, my daughter who was not, she was only four years old when we moved up there and she wasn't thrilled about the move. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Um, And so she just, uh, she was this cantankerous little thing. She would just butt heads with me every single morning. It didn't matter (laughs) what it was, whatever stance I took, she took the opposite, you know, (laughs) she was just not having it. And I would go into work just stressed out, you know, it's like, Oh my God, you know, like thinking about, and, uh, and I started realizing, you know, I should channel this <laughs> because she's just yes. overtaken my brain. And so I started thinking, you know, the things she would say and the attitude she would have is what I always thought a teenager would have. You're like, you know? man, what is this going yeah. on? What's she going to be like as a teenager? Oh boy. And thus Merida was born. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, uh, I realized that I wanted to tell a mother daughter story, but I loved fairy tales mm. and I loved, you know, period, yeah, um, period dramas. Yeah. And I love Scotland. You know, I'd been there before my daughter was born and I fell in love with it. And oh, it's part great. of my, part of my mini <laughs> little heritages <laughs> that I have in my DNA. That's awesome. But, um, but yeah, so I, you know, it was funny. Then we'd all come in with, as my team grew, we'd all come in with stories of, you know, what our kids did that morning or yes. or um, how we remembered something from when we were kids with our mothers or whatever. Um, but uh, it was, uh, it was, it was just, I would come in sometimes and... <laughs> We, I, there was one story I told. It got it got cut out of the film, but it was it was hysterical. It was I got up one morning and got her out of bed, and she's like rah, 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 at me, and I'm rah, 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 at her, and then, rah, 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 and then we stop, go good morning, good morning, and hug each other, and then <laughs> I love it. It was so great. real. So we, you know, we had that in the film at one point. I love it. But um. No, yeah, it was, it was 
trying to get some authenticity in the film and, and something yeah. that came from the heart. And, you know, I started actually looking for um, fairy tales just to, to adapt. Mm. And I read through a lot of Grimm's. I leafed through and tried. I couldn't find any where the mom stuck around or had any wow. true significance. That's in a good point. Um, and it was kind of surprising. And then I thought, well, maybe not the bro- brothers Grimm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, the women were either dead or witches or the evil stepmom or whatever. So yes. <laughs> they probably had some mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I just decided to make up my own and I, you know, I, I liked, there was one called Snow White and Rose Red, hmm. which has a bear in it that is, um, it was, it was a prince <laughs> transformed into a bear by a nice. curse. Blah. But um, but I liked that idea of something, you know, a person being something they're not, you know. Yeah. To, and so I just played around with a bunch of different things. And then there's the seven swans, you know, where, you know, they have this sister has to figure out how to save her brothers by yeah. this thing. I don't know. Just it all started falling together with the tapestry yeah. and mom turning into a bear and, and, and all of that. But uh it just, but in, in reality, it's, it's a story about a working mom and her daughter. Yeah, that's the truth. And and that's what I think comes through, at least to me as a working mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, you drawing from such personal experience, I think that makes it so much more authentic and touching, which is amazing. Wow. Uh, but no, that's, that's super interesting. And I know, of course, you know, some things happen with with brave and <laughs> as things do. Yes. Um, but I'm curious what, uh, we don't have to get into that, but um, what Hills do you die on uh, in the creative process? And, you know, when there are maybe multiple creative routes that can uh, be taken, uh, what do you feel super passionately about when you're developing a story that you just cannot let happen? Or um, I guess just what Hills do you die on for lack of a better term? Um, the, the, basically the 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 truth of the story the truth of the characters i mean i think that's one of the things is i was really fighting for who merida was Mm. and i'm very grateful that my crew and um mark who ended up taking over for the project that that uh she ended up still being who i needed her to be um because you know i think there was a little fear um at one point sure uh, that that this was something very different i mean i remember a marketing disney marketing guy coming in and saying you know i don't know how to market a movie with about two women arguing you know that that was the what what they got out of it you know okay yes i knew i knew what i had was working because i had so many people coming into me and i can't, you know i had at least 3 I think it was three guys at different time who shall remain nameless <laughs> after a screening would come into my office to tell me how much they loved it. But then they break down wow. because it reminded of them of their mother and oh their sister my. or it reminded them of their wife and daughter or, you know, <laughs> there was wow. always, a, and then they, and I, you know, I was, that's so I powerful. Them have their moment, and I was so grateful. Yes. But at the same time, I knew they were mortified. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, that's always awkward when a male was... colleague breaks down. Yes, I've had that happen before. Yeah. <laughs> this is our secret. <laughs> yeah, our little secret. Yes, no, but um, but I knew, you know, I knew that there was something there that was grabbing people. But I think there was also a fear and oh, uh, of of the upper echelon and. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, so I, 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 it felt like they were trying to make, um, make her a little more like Jessie from Toy Story. Oh, interesting. Now she's a great character and she's perfect for that story, but she's guy's version of a tomboy. Yep. You know, she's not, she's not truly real, Mm. (laughs) you know, where I, (laughs) where Merida needed to be a real, yes. you know, and, and, 
you know, deep down. Um, I know she's a cartoon. Don't, I'm not weird. No, 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 but I get it. No, you're, you know, you're telling a story that's super important. Otherwise people just are removed from it. And, and Moana, I think does a good job too of, of, uh, accomplishing that uh, type of feeling. That's um, I think we're making progress. <laughs> yeah. And did, by the way, did you see um, the little actress who played her sing at the Oscars? Yes. I couldn't Wasn't believe how she composed wonderful? she was. Oh my God. She was so young and she was and so adorable. Cute. Yes. And that little face she made. Yes. like did it, you know? it Just the like, cutest. Oh. And oh. I just like, I, at that, I think um, she's 16 at that age. I would have just fainted. Like I, yeah. there's no possible way. I was, didn't know her, but I was so proud of her. Yes. <laughs> so right. Her, you know, and I'm really glad that they, they actually, I know there, there was a big search for her and they wanted a native Hawaiian actress. And, and I'm really proud that they, they kind of stuck to that. And, and yeah, she's just fabulous. Yeah. But, oh, she's just adorable. Yes, I, she's so I was adorable. Just, like yes you go you go girl you <laughs> did it good, girl <laughs> <laughs> she did it was amazing um and our, our hours coming to a close so i just have a couple uh, last questions for you okay. thanks for humoring all of these but um when you consume media yourself uh what can you not stand in story so if you're in the theater and you're watching a movie as one does what are things that really kind of jolt you away or out of the experience that you really just can't stand in storytelling um <laughs> oh there's so much <laughs> <laughs> maybe the list is shorter we may what doesn't <laughs> no i think it's when i feel i can feel that i'm being manipulated by marketing oh you know oh they did that you can feel the notes yeah sorry <laughs> oh there was a note yeah. about that <laughs> yeah yeah there was yeah i oh, those to me just stand out like sore thumbs and that drives me crazy um um, you know, when, um, <clears throat> you know, when, when they make nowadays, it's, I don't like seeing, you know, young women, um, objectified. Yes. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's the, the, the skimpy little outfits that start Ugh, making yes. little, <laughs> Tell like, me about it. Oh, they're strong. They're strong. But yeah, but they, they still, their boobs are hanging out in there. <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that kind of makes me yeah. kind of, when oh, a guy can get away with wearing t-shirts and jeans and being sexy, you know? <laughs> like, um, yes. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, that's um, so great. But, but, you know, I just need a good story. I need to believe in the, hmm. the character. So, um, I really applaud those who can make it work out. And I, I love, I love seeing older actresses Oh yes, that haven't had a lot of work done Yes, or, or any work done, you know, um, <laughs> yes. it's just like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> dignity, you know, Hallelujah. and I, and That's I, so I feel so bad for the actresses. That's the other thing. When I watch the movie, I, I, it always takes me out of the film. Hmm. I always, I always feel sorry for the actress that they felt they needed to do that. You know, that, oh, that they yeah. were so bullied by the society and the agents and the, the, the world of film to, to feel like they needed to do that, you know, and yeah. to me that just, it ruins their acting ability, you know, that's the truth. Yeah. And, Tell it makes me, me sad because, you know, there are actresses that I, I love um, and I look at them and go, oh, no. And I can't enjoy their performance as much. Yeah. Anymore. That's a great, so. that's a great point. And I hope we're, hopefully soon we'll start moving away from that. But I hope so. You know, I just, I just. Heartbreaking. It, it, yeah, my heart breaks for them up there. You know, I just it's like, oh. Absolutely. I, I, you know, just makes me sad. Absolutely. I don't know what else to say about that? Yeah. Have you seen anything recently? Any maybe TV shows, movies that you are particularly excited about, or that really, really touched you? Um. Well, I, actually, when people I, put me on the spot, I can never think of anything. I, I'm actually <laughs> loving. Uh, I love This Is Us Ooh, TV show. Yes. Love it. I was just like eating it up. It was like. <laughs> Uh, the, everyone in it is fantastic. Yes, and I love um, the the twins, the the sister who's heavy yes. and 
that actress is she's fabulous so wonderful you know and um you know i've got a uh there's a project that i read that i'm really interested in um in live action but it seems to have lost steam but i, I was just like oh she would have been perfect in that. oh <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you're like oh man <laughs> i know who i'm calling but, yes <laughs> but, uh, no, I just, I just love the whole, the whole sensibility, the family, yes. the, 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 the cleverness of, of the time, um, that it's just, it's just beautifully written and wonderfully performed and put together. And so the, the whole team, uh, yeah, I love it. my husband yeah. and I were like, Oh no, we have to wait till the next season. Now. <laughs> That's so hard. Right. Yes, but I love I I've come to love TV so much because the story just goes on and if you can find a good show that is, you know, yeah. there's so much to enjoy and it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, just two more questions for you. Uh, one okay. of them being, kind of female specific. Um, if you were to maybe be speaking to a room of young women creatives and maybe they're heading into different disciplines. Um, what kind, excuse me, what kinds of things might you encourage them on as far as, uh, you know, be prepared for this and watch out for this. And, um, you know, because you have experience and you've worked very closely with a lot of men, which I, which I really admire because of course myself in tech, um, you know, I've had to have very close relationships with men and if those can be healthy, then they can be your best advocates. And, um, but I'm just curious what, what types of maybe pieces of wisdom you might pass on to, to women in that, you know, getting ready to head into their careers uh, and things you've learned. Um, <clears throat> wow. Um, it's a loaded question. It is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I always kept, uh, work and personal life kind of separate. So, um, I know there were at Disney, there were a lot of relationships going on, a lot of, uh, little affairs sometimes would happen, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the guys and gals, but I never went down that path because, Mm -hmm. well, I met my husband at CalArts and, um, and that was our goal is that we worked at Disney together and we, but, but we didn't hang out at lunch. We didn't, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we hung out when we got home, but we let our work relationships be what drove us at work. Oh, and, gotcha. and so, you know, I'd see couples, you know, joined at the hip and I was just like, how do you do that? That would drive me crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I meant we went to dinner together. We did movies together sure. and all of that, but, yeah, um, yeah. but at work and even at parties that were work parties, we'd sort of separate and hang out with our colleagues. Um, Hmm. so, so that I just always kept separate. Um, I wasn't looking to, to have any of those kind of unhealthy relationships at work. And I would advise that that's probably not the place to do that. Yeah. because that just leads you down that dark slippery path of, Oh, you slept with who, you know, and and thing. it's just, so not worth it. And, um, but mainly I would, I would say I, I was in a bubble at Disney for years cause I never really came up against sexism other than that first jerk in the office. Sure. But <clears throat> later in life, you know, it's like, okay, this is what this is about. Oh. <laughs> yes. And I always tried to handle it with humor, you know, mm. and, and lightheartedness. I wouldn't let them get away with it. Sure. I wouldn't just, you know, oh, you know, slink away when anything was said, <clears throat> because I find that most of the time they don't realize what they're saying. It's true. Say it. It's yes. not being aggressively mean. Now there have been some who have, but <laughs> sure. for the most part. So if you just do a quick little flip and turn it around on them, you know, um, uh, it, 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 it's really powerful. It, it, it diffuses it. Yeah. Yeah. It diffuses it. And then they go, Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yes. it, it just gives them a whole different, um, but, uh, you I know, the most that approach. Extreme, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's it feel like being a girl, the only girl, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, or, or, uh, Oh, I, I used to get you draw someone. They draw like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my. Like, excuse me. <laughs> if by that you mean fabulous, then <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> oh, so they draw really well. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, you just, you just find that the humorous way to flip it around Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that, yeah, because I think we're not going to do ourselves any favors if we have a lot of animosity when we deal with those little situations that come up. And I've, you know, had male colleagues who've unintentionally said things or done things. And then when I, you know, have a heart to heart with them and yeah, I use humor and, and compassion, they yeah. end up turning it around and, and being really hyper aware of how they're talking. And I think, yeah. you know, ultimately that's the goal is just to help them understand. And yeah, and, uh, yeah I love yeah, that. I love that. It's, it's just the, it's the training of society, of old society. It's true. Um, junk that is still salt <laughs> yeah so Two it's just a matter of salt coming back yeah <laughs> that's fantastic and and just one final question for you would be uh what are you and your husband up to these days it sounds like you guys are w- working together a lot and where can people find you online if they want to keep up with what you're doing oh well <clears throat> um uh, we are trying to uh, start our own production company. And, That's uh, exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. We're in talks with a specific studio. Well, I'll wait until we're more certain. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, uh, I hear you. It's, uh, we've written a script together. It's a hybrid live action animation. Nice. Um, that was an idea of Kevin's, which I loved. And I, I think it's it's a big concept. So, sure. um, so hopefully that can be our first uh Big project together. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. amazing. Exciting. Yeah. So much fun. And, um, and, uh, he would direct it, which I'm happy with. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not <laughs> like too big for me. I'm, Take it, babe. <laughs> you've done enchanted. I'm not, <laughs> I'll stick with animation over That's here. That's amazing. I love it so much. And you're on Twitter. Is that correct? Um, I'm on Twitter. I, I'm, to be honest, I'm terrible at, at keeping up on it because I'm just so busy. I'm traveling oh, so sure, much. Sure. So, um, but yeah, there's Twitter. I also have a website, um, brenda-chapman.com. Awesome. And I'll link to those in, in the description. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for stopping by. I know our hour is up. It went quickly. Um, <laughs> yep. but thank you so much for coming on the show, Brenda. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's and say fun. hi to Jinko for me. Will do. 